In a time where brands like Cortez, Clint's, and Places Plus Faces are dominating the space in a crowded market with guerrilla campaigns and marketing stunts, and brands like Supreme and Bape used to get kids running around London or queuing around the block for their drops. Well, we were wondering... Is building hype around a brand something you can learn? We wanted to find out, and so we started Drop School. I'm Yaz, the producer speaking. We found one designer. I'm Jordi. I'm a 19-year-old designer from East London. Who's got the product, but nothing else. I have the best flared trousers in the world. It got a cool vintage military pocket at the back with corduroy belt loop detail and a cool big pocket. I'm not seeing anything like it. He's got no brand name, logo, website, promo content yet. yet. We've told Geordie that he's got eight weeks before he has to pull off a drop event worthy of all the hype. Each week, we'll partner him with experts in the fashion and design industry. My ancestor got it hard. I got a Nike collab. The brands, they want to fuck with us. Storytelling is so important. How can it translate to the actual consumer? If something's not authentic, they can smell it a mile off. Sending him on a series of masterclasses. The product has to exist in the world to be able to improve it. It will only evolve. You are your own billboard. Screening any opportunities, does it align with me? The message I'm, I'm telling, it doesn't, then you can keep your money. And at the end of the two months, we'll find out whether anyone can build hype or whether we should just leave it to the experts. No pressure, but your life is on the line. This is Drop School. Doing something creative, I feel like people like put quotation marks like, Geordie, he's a designer, because I'm not made it yet. I haven't got the brand name, a brand logo, or anything like that. I've got the product which I'm really proud of, and I need to figure out everything else. Hey Jordi, this is Alizé Demange. I'm going to be your mentor over the next couple months. Drop School booked me because they think I'm going to be a good person to help you understand drop culture and help you navigate the world of fashion in the lead up to your first drop. I'm a stylist and creative consultant who's built up my career in London over the past 10 years. I've worked with Adidas, Nike, Gigs, Western, Young T and Bugsy, Maya Jama. And I've got some really super interesting people for you to meet. And we've got some strong challenges lined up for you to complete, which might be a bit hard, but I think with help, you'll level up in time for your launch. I'm looking forward to meeting you and welcome to Drop School. Okay, so we've just loaded up the production car and we are now en route to go and meet with Alizé Demange, Geordie's new Drop School mentor. Geordie, do you want to do a little roundup of the Drop School crew? This is my production team. And can you guys introduce yourself? Montel, tech system. Jelani, I'm going to be recording sound for this. I'm Luke, I'm the shooting director. I feel like I'm too sick when I say my production team. No, no, <laughs> no I don't know what I should say. I like that. No, I don't know what I should say. What? These are the man on the payroll. Geordie, <laughs> <laughs> huh? huh? let's paint a little picture for our podcast listeners about where your style came from growing up. First off, I grew up in Hackney, and then I moved to Newham in Beckton. There's not really much people doing really creative stuff. Only like a handful of people are really doing their thing. Everyone is pretty much the same. You'd really be like laughed at by doing stuff outside of your comfort zone. Some of my friends, like, their mindsets will never change. Like, we'd all be together and we'll all be laughing at the clothes I'm wearing, like, at the same time. Like, of course I find it funny, like, I'm wearing, like, really big trousers, but you know what I mean? Like, some people are just never gonna get outside of that mindset. Is it hard to kind of be that, like, difference in, the, in your friendship group? I feel like the situation for me is kind of different 
because I kind of gained the following for myself. They respect it because I've built something for myself. They basically just need other people's approval. That's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard to do with people, <laughs> your friends, your friends are clowning you. Yeah, nah, <laughs> it's brutal, but you got to take it to the chin for sure. I'd feel more comfortable wearing this than what I'd be wearing for, say, yeah, just a tech fleece or something. I kind of want a tech fleece though. Yeah, I don't know why. No, I kind of want it like I kind of want like the basic level. Like, I just yeah. want a tech fleece and white forces. Yeah. Just enjoy myself. I think that's my final form. Yeah. Like when I'm like 50, yeah, I'm just gonna yeah, I give up all this. I'm done. Just gonna get a tech fleece and white forces. Just call it a day. Did you ever work in retail jobs before you started doing fashion stuff? Creams was my first job when I was. 16 or 17, I can't remember. But that was my first job in the summer. I was getting like £6.50 an hour. I was working like four days a week. All that money I used to like buy clothes, buy material. And like, I thought I was making so much money at the time because <laughs> I just never had a job before. And just to see like more than £500 in your account, I was like, what? Yeah, at 16, I was like, what? I started like looking up all the craziest brands like, oh, what's it? what did Gucci have? <laughs> I had no self-control for like the first three months. It was definitely a learning experience. focus on brand story so brand story is so many different things like it's your purpose your message your ethos um who you are why people align with you why do people want to buy into you like everything you could possibly communicate in within your brand story that evokes an emotional response from your target audience that is kind of the reason why people are parting with money to buy into your brand and i think it does need to come from like an authentic and genuine place ideally which i'm sure there's loads of brands that definitely don't do it in that way but i think the most authentic and genuine brands definitely have more success in terms of like people identifying with that brand story and you really having like a cult following um so geordie Shall we talk about maybe your favourite brands and what you feel take out of those yeah. brands like that make you feel like you identify with them or what you yeah. take from them? Yeah. Does so, it have to be like streetwear? No. No. I think when you're young, yeah, and when you're black, they make you feel what you're making is streetwear, but it doesn't have to be streetwear. Yeah. Like, it's whatever you want it to be. I feel like that's like makes it like some entry-level thing. Yeah, like it kind of puts you in a box. Yeah, in a box away. or like as if like you're wearing... I feel like you're inspired by things that are not streetwear. <laughs> a lot of times people are really like placed in the streetwear box. It's like, a, it's like a, the word urban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. What, what is that? It's just a know. blanket term for any black designer. Because I don't know, like, what, what, were you, what was your inspiration? Um, as in into fashion? Yeah, like, who were your designers that you love? Vivian Westwood. I really like her rebellion, like how rebellious her stuff was back then. So I feel like I can draw inspo from having stuff that just isn't normal. Like having a military stuff with flared trousers at the same time. From the UK, I really like Clint, Moa Lola, Sloan. A lot of young Nigerian designers making a wave, especially in London. Like really good representation to make me feel like I can do the stuff myself when they're doing it. 
We need to kind of work out what your brand story is. Generally, when we think of like a brand or streetwear brand, there's always like a, a baseline aesthetic or a signature. I think you'll probably need to explore what that will be because essentially that's a part of your brand story. Yeah. Vintage military is like something I like a lot and I've always enjoyed. I feel like there's no brands that are around my age that are doing vintage military and people that are actually interested in it. I want the brand to be really like silhouette based. I feel like the logo is going to be on the tags really small. I think that's really interesting actually to pick up on because a lot of what is normally associated to streetwear is kind of like logo mania or yeah. like recognisable logo and being people being able to identify what kind of tribe you belong to or what kind of person you are based on visually seeing the logo. Yeah, a lot of streetwear tendencies, like just the community base around it. They have a lot of cult fan bases that will buy anything with the logo on it. Do you think that's like just niche to streetwear or do you think that's kind of fashion in general? That's definitely fashion in general, but that's what I've been exposed yeah. to and that's what I've seen growing up. I feel like everything's based off of your base. Do you like Ismiyaki? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ismiyaki is recognisable because of the technique yeah. used. So pleats, please. Yeah. It's pleated, like pleated. You will always be able to recognise that, but not based on the logo. the logo. Yeah, I feel like I'd need something on my own. Most brands, yeah, at the start, like, you might come up with a name and a couple of months later, oh, you're like, that's yeah. not the name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you're going to see the logo and you're like, ah, that's not the logo. Like, I feel like that's that like, instant. Like, one day you just wake up and you're like, nah, nah I'm not messing with you. Nah, rebranding. Yeah, do that again. Change it. <laughs> and then it's like you're back to square one, like, two weeks worth of work is, like, nothing. Yeah, but don't, you know, you're going to have to get used to that. Yeah. Get I, used to that. But I also feel like that's the thing that held me back the most. I had, like, tech packs from, like, a year ago. I've done it perfect, like, all the measurements. And then one day I'm like, nope, I'm not don't making it anymore. anymore. If I keep on doing that cycle over and over again, like, I'm not going to get anywhere. Well, like, welcome future. to the life of a designer, though, because everyone makes something and you'll look at it again a couple of weeks later and you're like, I hate it. Yeah. You have to learn when to claw it in, do you know what yeah. I mean? And like, when to focus and be like, actually, I'm going to stick to this. So I've got your meeting with Ellis Gilbert. He's been working in the streetwear industry for like the last 10 years. He was doing sales and production with Patar. He helped launch Cortez with Clint. And he has his own brand called Soyo Yacht Club. He can write, really have an insight into like brand story, brand identity, building community. Um, so what do you think? I feel like that would be sick. He has a lot of experience. I feel like there's a lot I can learn from him as well. Yeah. So we're all on our way to meet with Ellis Gilbert in Soho, driving through London. Ellis Gilbert is the founder of Soho Yacht Club. His first release, Breakfast Club, raised funds for community support. They used the proceeds to build a bereavement garden for children who had lost loved ones, and they supplied breakfast essentials during summer holidays. So the brand's mission really centers around giving back to the community, which is why I think he's so respected, and so I'm really excited for Geordie to meet him. Cool, so we've just arrived at Duke's Cupboard. We're gonna go and find Ellis, mic him up, and Geordie's first drop school masterclass will begin. Yes, Geordie. Yo, what's up? You all right? Yeah, all good, thank you, how are you? Good, I'm good. 
what is it that you would love to like if you could get some advice today to take away for your for your own brand what would you like to know um mainly i'd just like to know yeah how you came up with your name i had hundreds and hundreds of names and hundreds of ideas and the thing is with fashion as you can tell it's always changing you need to try and make something that's timeless to you it should be a part of your identity. I was always working in Soho and my friends always used to make a joke and call me Mr. Soho because I was always here <laughs> going out after work, eating, partying, and then I'll be back at work, you know, so I'm out till 4 or 5 a.m. and then back here and I'm like, no, oh, Mr. Soho, you're always here. Um, and then that's where the Soho part of it stuck. And then the Yacht Club, because I wanted to make some sort of club, but also something that it's like, premium to feel like you're a part of something special but actually it's a club for everyone everyone's welcome and it's a community but you still have a like a bigger name to kind of make you feel a bit more superior yeah what about the um the yacht club obviously it's a you've got a yacht on the t-shirt but how long did it take you to do that logo like was it a long process of like a lot of prototypes there's probably more designs that haven't been released than have <laughs> And I think that's an important thing when you're first starting off a brand as well, is to like try and find something that you're so happy with that it's like almost timeless to you because you always have to look at it. So like for me, it, it kind of gives me like the Ralph Lauren kind of vibes. You can do it in a lot of different colors, which can reflect your mood. I also like it because it's quite subtle. Yeah. So it's like whether I make it smaller or bigger, or I take away the writing and it's quite recognizable. One of the biggest things I'd say about having a brand, if you're trying to kind of go on a larger scale, is that you want something that tells your story without you having to preach it to everyone. I feel like once I have like a logo or a name, I might have to box myself in. Try to make it as fun as possible. The more that you enjoy the process of you trying to figure out what you want to do, the more fun it is. It's like being at a party, you want to be around a guy that's having a good time dancing and whatever and busting jokes. You don't want to be next to the person that's sitting there uptight and be like, oh, I'm not having any fun because I want to take myself <laughs> too serious. If you make something that you love, people are always going to flock towards it because everyone wants to be around something that's confident. And yeah. you just have to know what you want. Try and avoid trying to think what the customer wants because when you're trying to follow trends, you'll always be too late. Okay the next thing will already be happening. So it's like, you have to just be confident in what you like, and then your crowd is going to find you. A lot of people will say, oh, it happened overnight, but they wasn't there when you were staying up late at night. They wasn't there when you was waking up early or when you had to come and meet Ellis. So what, what's the first kind of thing that you're looking to release? A pair of trousers. They're wide leg and they're like really flared. Have you got a picture of the trousers? Don't be shy. <laughs> I'll show you. Um, they're really like, wide-legged trousers. This is the front of the trouser, yeah. and this is the back of the trouser, and yeah, the new silhouette. What inspired you at the start? I've had so many prototypes of trousers because I feel like it's the most important part of an outfit. That's the way I start getting dressed, like putting my trousers first. I just feel like everything it shapes else, everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How can I cough a pair? They'll be dropping in two months. Right, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be get... on to you. Don't let them sell out before I get some. <laughs> have you shown your family yet? Yeah, I have. They are, my parents are not really messing with it. Yeah. They don't really understand You've that. You've got to like, try and use that to fuel them, to show them like, yeah. it might not necessarily be for you, but yeah. you can respect my yeah. craft. I need to show drive. them that 
other people are willing to look at it and appreciate it. With your parents, you have to realise that what they're into or the generation that they're in might be very different to yours. Show them a little bit of respect, maybe ask them why, and then you can either prove them wrong or take yeah. on some advice and then like, keep it pushing, whether it be like the colorways or the materials. And also just explain your product. Like It's good to have a few... OK, Jordi and Ellis have had a really good chat and now it's time for the first Drop School Challenge. I think that would definitely be the next steps for you is to design your logo, make something that you're proud of. I think the easiest way to sell stuff is selling things that you believe in. You have to just be confident, get yeah. it cracking. Um, so with the task, I'm going to check in with you again in a week. So just try and get into it, work as hard as possible. And if there's any tips or whatever, just drop me a message and I'll try and help as much as I can as well. Really sick talking Pleasure to you. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you. And I'll, I'll be uh, looking forward to grabbing a pair of trousers off you. Appreciate it. No problem. Okay, Jordi, expert masterclass one done, and you've got till the end of the week to complete the challenge. What's your plan? I've definitely got an idea of the logo I want, a rough idea of the name that I'd want, but I need to tie it all in together to really make something that's in unison and makes sense. How do you start a design? Do you like draw it pen and paper, or do you like just like grabbing fabric and just kind of going from there, or what? I start pen and paper. I do like a really bad drawing with like labels, like a line, and this is like big hood, and then line and says like tie arms because I just know that what my drawing does. So I'm thinking because it's a military trouser, we could have some like little guy or maybe just a face and some kind of symbol that links to him. Ooh, maybe like a military hat. Okay, yeah, I'm sketching it out. The faceless man and maybe he could be saying something. The brand name would be cold, but I don't know yet. Having a faceless guy also sort of like a mascot for the brand so that I can just, yeah, put him on different stuff and just have it everywhere and not really be boxed into one certain thing. I don't know. I don't love it yet. It needs something else. I've decided to pay someone to do the designs. The ones I've come up with just aren't right and I don't have enough time. I found someone on a freelancer site. I was looking for someone who could do a cartoony effect, but still make it look professional. I send them the reference, so I hope they don't go too far off script. He's giving me like a cowboy hat. Nah, this isn't what I wanted instead. I'm gonna ask my brother to help me instead, and I've only got tonight to get it finished. My brother helps me with the Photoshop side and the Adobe side because I feel like I can't necessarily put my ideas on a laptop, but I can really do decent drawings that he can turn into a vector. Hey guys, Jordi's just messaged me and he's having some issues with the logo, so he's gonna get his brother to help him. I will keep you guys posted, but fingers crossed he'll be ready for recording tomorrow. Well, I had a solid plan, but now I'm not sure if I'm gonna have enough time to do it. I'm kind of stressing. Hey Jordi, it's Alize. Come meet me at my house at 12. I can't wait to hear what you've come up with for the brand logo. Okay, me and the crew have just arrived at Alize's and we're waiting for our star student to arrive. The man, the myth, the legend, Jordi. Is here. You must be spending so much time with <laughs> Hello everyone. How Hi, are you? Jordi, how are you? You're I'm right. fine, thank so you. So we've moved to another room. All right, I need to see the logo because this is moving fast. <laughs> <gasps> yes! <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, this looks sick, you know. Like how you've made it your screensaver as well. Yeah, no. <laughs> in one I day it in instant. my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to be surrounded by it. Are you cool to send Ellis a voice note explaining your design? And then we can get some feedback from him. I've decided to call my brand Recall Project. The design is like a figure of a human and he has a military hat on and he's kind of screaming Recall Project. Recall is bringing back old designs, which is the military pocket on the back of my trousers. And the whole thing I'm doing is a project. And I feel like Recall Project really ties it all in together. I really like the simplicity of the character because I feel like I can see that on a T-shirt or just even having it on the tags. Cool, that's sent. Right, tell us a bit more about the design, Geordie. It's very plain and clean, which I want to keep in the family of the brand. It can be put on a T-shirt, it can be put in tags. It doesn't necessarily have to be blasted. The logo doesn't have to be the only yeah, thing that... Yeah, because now we're thinking about signature aesthetic, like what's going to be something that kind of... The signature that's going to tie everything together to understand it rather than being like logo mania. Yeah. Which I think is sick because I think even though we're... We kind of started out with the idea that is this streetwear or is this not streetwear? Yeah. And what does streetwear mean? And like what's streetwear has most connotations around logo, mainly or like heavy, or yeah. logo heavy items. Whereas this is like let's do it in a more way more subtle way. And I don't think I don't think this is streetwear. No, I no. don't think so. No. Either. <laughs> After hard consideration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with streetwear, but I feel like sometimes people try to use it to like belittle you or belittle what you're doing. Yeah, agreed. All right, so we've sent your design off to Ellis yeah. and he sent us some feedback. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Jordi, um, I really love the way that you've explained yourself there and everything sounds super personal to yourself, so I'm sure you will appreciate the journey with this new character that you've created um it will be interesting to see the way that you can play with the logo throughout the years as well whether you like rubberize it or put it in 3m um how it could uh, grow when the brand grows so it's something like there might be more details if you do tailoring the logo might change a little bit but that kind of thing but overall bro i'm super proud of you you know we spoke about it a few days ago and you've gone and put the work in so congratulations man and i'm super excited to see the final product very sweet. I'm really happy with that feedback. Also, it's cool that he was even saying, be open to the fact that it might evolve. Like, how will the logo look like in different type of mediums, like in different kind of products? Mm -hmm. How would you be able to... I think that's an exciting part of it. Like, yeah. him saying rubberized, yeah, because if it ever became like a 3D aspect, it's going to look and feel completely different. And that's the exciting part of design. Yeah, you never know what's going to change. And exactly what Ellis said, like, three days ago, you didn't have none of this. No like, idea. I feel like I jumped over like a puddle or like a huge bridge. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm really happy. <laughs> that was a bad analogy, but... No, that was funny. <laughs> I was like thinking about it. <laughs> so I feel like you're relieved. I know that you had to work late last night to get it done. No, I had the um, picture drawn and I was like, on my brother's bed, I was literally like sleeping almost when he was like still just chasing around it because we tried to do the helmet like so many times, it just wasn't coming up. Yeah, I'm lucky that I have someone around me that's like willing help to help it, me. Yeah. I'm willing to. He might not be the craziest at the software, but the fact that he's willing to help, 
and willing to do that stuff. When, it's support though, really isn't it? Like, having support is so important. So important. Because you don't feel like you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like people are like, oh, you don't really need to care about other people's opinions. But I feel like approval from one person close to you can go a long way. It is a hard balance because there's going to be people's opinions that you really respect and need and there's going to be opinions that you're just like, whatever. <laughs> then there's going to be like, you need to go with your own gut. Yeah. But then also sometimes you do need to hear feedback, like genuinely, especially from like a market research perspective. Ultimately, it should be yourself. And one thing I will add here is that the people that support you might not be the people that actually buy it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for example, your brother might not be your client, so he can give you more, like, a loving support, but he yeah. might not be able to feedback on what, from a design perspective, and that's okay. And also be prepared that you're probably your biggest fans might not be your closest network. Like, weirdly, the more you work, yeah, you realise, like, the people that are actually, like, super more randomly supportive are, like, people you don't even know. <laughs> like... <laughs> like, go, Judy. Yeah, yeah, like, you're cool. like, what? <laughs> OK, cool. And then the people you know would, like... Sometimes they're not always, like... And not to always take that to heart. OK. Like, your bestie might not be the person that buys your jeans, but someone down the road might. And, like, that's... You have to appreciate that. And you smashed it. Week one. I'm so impressed by your like work ethic. Thank you. And like just your ideas actually. <laughs> so woo! We've got so many weeks to go. <laughs> so it's only the first week, but we're already thinking about the end of drop school. Geordie's drop event. You want that immersed that immersive experience, is you like I step in here and I feel the lifestyle immediately. Mm-hmm. Because like light, colour, smell. All of that can have an influence in someone wanting to buy the product. Mm-hmm. We've got a date set for when Geordie will launch Recall Project and have his very first product drop. Then after that, I guess you've graduated from drop school. Can I add that to my CV? Yeah. Just be like, drop yeah. school graduate. According to reference, Alizé. Yeah. <laughs> but we've got a long way to go before then. Next time on Drop School. This week, we're going to be focused on the product. I've set you up with a meeting with Helen Kirkham. Once you put a product into the world, people can react to it. The product kind of has to exist for me to be able to improve it. I see this shoe as a continuous journey. It will only evolve. Have there been a job where you're 100% satisfied with and No. No. But Like, I used to cry about it. If you've got this opportunity now, take it and rinse it. Until it's done, it's not done. Drop School is brought to you by We Present, WeTransfer's arts platform, and was produced by Curly Media.